Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs show at the X-Zone radio station, xzbn.net. I'm looking forward to another show, second in the uh, startup. Um, this show aims to offer fresh perspective on a number of topics which seem to defy resolution. These include divine messages that come to people in the form of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities, mastering so-called negative feelings such as anxiety, stress, depression, and frustration. Another content that I'm interested in is the prevention and treatment of heroin addiction, uh, an outline for uh, reducing potential violence among uh, policemen and citizens. And finally, if you are interested in possibly going into psychotherapy, I invite your questions with respect to when does a person become a patient, uh, what method should you look for, what's the best fit with respect to getting the best therapist for you, what is therapy? How do things change? How do you know you're changing? And so forth. I invite you to ask questions about this and perhaps other topics that you think are relevant and send them to look, look on Facebook, on a Facebook page I have. And uh, you can ask questions for Gibbs at xzbn.net. What I want to do today is to give you some representative examples of the kind of uh, coincidences I'm talking about. I also want to finish up where we left off the first broadcast, where I said that when you take a look at these things, there's essentially five different perspectives. Those perspectives are simply collecting them and being amazed by them, telling your friends, writing them on Facebook and the like. 
The second is what I call bathing in the typical reaction of awe, where you feel like you're in the presence of the uncanny. The third perspective is the implications of what these things are, where they're from, their origin. They seem to be uh, felt to be from some transcendent realm of spiritual experience, uh, and they may or may not be. Um, if they're not, then where else can they come from? The fourth is alternative theories about answering the implications. If they're not um, from some spiritual realm of experience, transcendent experience, then they have to be from some other place. We'll look into that in detail. And the fifth is, what do you do with these things? To what practical value may they possibly have? And this gets into the areas of various ways of interpreting. And, of course, if you have these, you'll send in uh, your super-duper synchronicities and ask me questions about them, mainly probably with respect to how do you interpret and how do you use them to your best um, benefit. Let me give you a couple of what I call synchronous, good synchronicities. And let me repeat what I had said before. Coincidences abound. Everybody has coincidences. But makes a coincidence into a synchronicity is the special meaning that the uh, person who has these things attributes to the synchronicity or to the meaningful experience. It feels as if they're really um, special. And they often uh, act as if they're answers to major questions where people feel stuck and they have these things. And often it feels as if they got unstuck, as if somebody stuck a key into a lock, opened it up, and you have a uh, release of energies and freedom and often feels as if they're major insights, revelations, and so on. So representative um, examples of the kind of thing I'm talking about. Try this one from Quentin Seals. This was on Facebook. By the way, there is a page of called Synchronicities. I think it's a closed group. But if you're interested, you can uh, apply to get into the group and use my name if you wish, which may or may not gain you entrance. Maybe they'll shut you out, but try it anyway. Uh, Quentin Seals says, I was having a philosophical conversation at the chess club tonight, and I brought up Greek, the Greek figure of Sisyphus and how I relate. When I came home, I started playing Destiny, a video game, and almost immediately I was awarded an artifact called Sisyphus Project. It was the first time with uh, his struggle, I with his struggle of being so close, yet so far from success his trial and error, bad luck, and so forth, had heard of this item in the game. So this is a typical kind of synchronicity where you have something on your mind that is obviously important to you. You are thinking about a, a girlfriend you haven't seen in uh, 20 years. The phone rings. Guess who's on the other end of the phone? This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. 
Now on Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers its certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs program at XZBN. Um, I want to uh, apologize for going over the time. I got carried away. Uh, it reminds me that what I should do is put on a piece of string on my finger so I can make sure I'm aware of the uh, pauses. The only problem with that is that you got to remember to look at the piece of string. So I'll try my best to... Uh, warn everybody that there's going to be a pause. The uh, second example I want to give that I think is really um, the kind of thing that uh, most people have and are very uh, amazed by it. And, well, let me read it, see what you think. 
This is from Angela McCluskey Kumse uh, on Facebook, and she wrote the following. This had me laughing. I ordered Chinese food for dinner last night. Right before dinner, my eight-year-old daughter came to me and said that in her Pokemon or Pixelmon game that she lost all her shiny stuff. It had all turned on shiny, she said. And then she added, this is the worst day ever. About five minutes later, and after opening her fortune cookie, it said, what was, sh what was shiny will turn unshiny. That's beautiful. I want you to imagine all of you are that five-year-old girl. And five-year-olds probably would be extremely aware of shiny and lack of shiny and probably would be very perplexed by that. Now, imagine that you're eating dinner with your mother and you open a fortune cookie. Um, just before you open the fortune cookie, you're really depressed. You're really disappointed that the shiny has disappeared. This is like the day after Christmas when all the toys are broken and uh, you have that kind of uh, inevitable letdown. And you open up the cookie and it says, seemingly miraculously, what was shiny will turn unshiny. So what's likely to be a reaction, whether you're the five-year-old girl or the mother or me or people you talk to and certainly yourselves, how do you think you'd feel? This is what is fascinating. I'm fascinated by the fascination of this, that Jung, when he became interested in this subject, having had a number of similar um, what was shiny will turn unshiny experiences and started to take them very seriously, he came up with a feeling of being in the presence of the uncanny. And he called that feeling numinosity. And that feeling of numinosity is often what people who feel these things are equating with spirituality. The unshiny having turned, or the shiny will turn unshiny, or what was shiny will turn unshiny. The uncanny experience is really due to two things which happen in every synchronicity. One thing is that the timing of what you're interested in and the coincidence seems to be almost simultaneous. That doesn't have to be, but to the degree to which you're thinking about the girlfriend from 20 years ago and the next minute the phone rings and it's her, certainly is timely to say the very least. That's one aspect of the uncanny. The second aspect of the uncanny is that these two events side by side appear to happen acausally. Certainly, your remembrance of this girlfriend 20 years ago most likely did not induce her to call you up. I suppose people could say, well, you sent a telepathic uh, message, but let's say for the moment, let's rule that out for a second. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. 
Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. And say, you just thought of her. And most likely, your thinking probably did not stimulate her to call. I suppose it could, but let's say for the moment it didn't. And when she called the odds are that she didn't think that you had her in mind. So these two events, obviously meaningful, seem to be apparently uncaused, that A doesn't cause B and B doesn't cause A. So Jung concludes, well, they're not caused in the typical scientific sense of cause and effect. So he throws out this idea of causality or conventional scientific causality and adopts a principle of a causality where these two events are obviously joined together, but not through scientific causality, but by a congruency of similar meaning. Okay, so you add together this A-caused meaningful connection plus the timeliness of it, and you experience these uncanny feelings which Jung describes as numinosity. What most people do is if they don't go any further than this and they identify a synchronicity and they have these uncanny feelings, they tend to bathe in the numinosity. It's equivalent to a uh, altered state, which can be induced by all sorts of drugs that will give you a similar feeling. And they will describe being in the presence of spirituality or whatever. That's probably why most people take these things. And there's a sense of everything is connected and there's a sense of profound atonement, and often people have the feeling that they are having, they're in the presence of revealed uh, information, insights, and they feel terribly special, and life has uh, suddenly become extraordinarily meaningful. If you, let's, let's say that you are this um, young girl or, or, and her mother, and you have this experience, and you are quite amazed and you're bathing, so to speak, in the feelings of numinosity. If you wish, just simply stop there. Tell your friends, your loved ones what just happened and enjoy things. Or you can go deeper and try to understand what the implications of these things are. What do I mean by implications? That if you have the sense of some kind of revealed message, and it's not from the earth plane, it's from some kind of, let's call it, spiritual plane that transcends you, then that implies that there is a messenger. Well, who or what is the messenger is one implication. And then that leads, of course, to the idea of master teachers or possibly uh, dead relatives that are sending you messages or God or destiny or cosmic consciousness or what have you. That's one implication. If you go that route, however, 
you're and you really you know take a look at what is going on you know what does this mean then if you just stay there then you've solved the problem that seems to be perplexing many people between the so-called war between science or fact and religion or spirituality belief that's really you know on the central line of um, many people's um, attempt to understand the nature of reality are uh, very perplexing of which you can see then that synchronicities or their explanation or trying to answer this big question of what are the implications is really at the forefront of these kinds of um, experiences uh, Jung who has about 95% of the synchronicity or meaningful coincidence realm sewed up, concluded when he was examining these things as a scientist, he concluded that when you have these kinds of phenomena, that there's no rational explanation, and indeed concludes that a rational explanation of these um, so-called a-causal phenomena is not even conceptually possible. Now, having been a philosophy major at Columbia and interested all my life in trying to understand my conscious life and trying to understand the uh, – I, I, I sort of demanded to know if I could. I wanted ultimate answers. I mean, I wanted absolute answers to ultimate questions such as who am I? What am I here for? Do I have a purpose? How do I know that purpose? How do I know, how do I know the purpose is real? And so on. So I guess it was no coincidence that I majored in philosophy because no other subject matter seemed to address itself to those pursuits. Um, a serious investigation, research into the nature of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities and their uses stimulates a curiosity in such topics as speculative philosophy, depth psychology, science, aspects of the esoteric occult and the whole realm of spirituality. It may also stimulate an interest in mythology, archetypes, and so on. So if for no other reason, when you get into this stuff, if you want to just open your mind to a wide array of subject matter, all of which is fascinating, and then if you extend it, you take all this subject matter and treat it as filters of understanding where you put your ideas about philosophy, psychology, spirituality, the occult, science, and use each one as a filter in which you're going to examine your own coincidences. You can see how this can really stimulate a uh, fascinating um, interest in, in these subjects, broaden your knowledge, and all of it ultimately it isn't really theoretical. It ultimately is going to relate to your own personal experience. The, as William James said, their ideas are a dime a dozen. The issue is what is the cash value of each idea? So if you take synchronicities as a um, point of interest, it seems to me they're only really interesting to me from the vantage point of what do you do with these things? What are the implications? Which leads to the fourth um, perspective, which is the um, how to interpret these 
Jung says from his vantage point, but don't bother. You can't interpret these. Um, you might as well. Everything's been said. When I examined Jung and his uh, basic ideas and his basic assumptions, it left me raising more unanswered questions that were perplexing than providing definitive answers. That led to a 50-year research resulting in my book, which was published a couple of years ago. Um, you can find it on Amazon if you're interested, called Demystifying Meaningful Coincidences synchronicities, the evolving self, the personal, not the collective unconscious, and the creative process. And then the fifth um, perspective is essentially uh, how to interpret and utilize these phenomena or the messages involved for your own personal uh, growth. Um, Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7, 365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. 
While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Williams. Actually, welcome back to, that's a different show, Ask Dr. Gibbs um, at Exxon Radio, xzbn.net. I guess I have to offer a second apology. I ended up with a mmm, forgetting that the time is pretty definite. I went over it. I got a really discipline myself to take a look at it and in before I'd say, hmm. So if you can uh, forgive me for that, I get absorbed in the material and I just simply forget. I will challenge myself to remember. On to the next segment, which is answering the first question that I received. And the question in a way, is a remarkable coincidence because the sender has the same name as myself, Gibbs Williams, and he lives in New York City. And his question is, would you please tell us what sparked your 50-year curiosity to research meaningful coincidences and synchronicities? So with no further ado, I would be happy to... um, give you the um, highlights of my interest in this subject matter. I, as I said, I was always interested in answering philosophical questions, big questions of identity. Who am I? What do I want? What's my purpose? How do I know it? It, as I said, it was no coincidence. I majored in philosophy at Columbia. That was good, except that I suffered as many of my compatriots with psychological overload that 
the people that I read and was the material that I was interested in all seemed to ask the same questions and provided a plethora of answers, all of which were interesting, but they seemed to be mutually exclusive, and I suffered from psychological overload, as many people do. I was, in other words, I was really confused. I was so confused that I entered two different forms of psycho psychotherapy, one for four years, twice a week, uh, no insurance on the couch, so I was really dedicated. And then a few years later, I went into Gestalt therapy, two years, um, same thing, no insurance on the couch. And I must say, while I benefited from both to some degree, unfortunately for me, and for many, I felt as if my central issue, which I really wasn't clear about at the time, was essentially untouched. My, my conclusions were that either I was from another planet and I just wasn't really very good at this stuff, in addition to which, if I was from another planet, earthlings are not going to comprehend me. So I sort of got very despairful and figured, um, I'm not good at this. However, I pursued asking and answering those big questions, and my quest took me to very interesting people who shared my interests. Among them was a uh, rather famous sculptor and his wife who turned me on to astrology and told me to go to a bookshop in Manhattan next to Bloomingdale's, no longer there, an occult bookshop where I met this very interesting owner by the name of Mason, it was Mason's bookshop. And I came in uh, looking at these uh, books and saw that there were two tiers. One was just um, sort of regular stuff, but the others were really quite high level. And I picked up books on astrology and tarot and Kabbalah and so forth and read passages and got turned on. And I call that being turned on the lure of the occult. Now, what was the lure of the occult? At the time, I was um, inducted into the Army, and I was stationed at Springfield, Massachusetts, which gave me an amazing amount of time to utilize going to the library, where I discovered a very interesting uh, set of bookshelves, called, which I called the Mysterious Case V. And the reason why it was mysterious was that it was locked. So I asked to uh, see if I could see what was behind the lock. And sure enough, it was classic books on the esoteric occult covering really high-level um, research by famous astrologers and uh, tarot readers and so on. And I started to immerse myself in the uh, literature, which is fascinating. And I decided to run an experiment and uh, had bought myself a, a really simple book on how to construct your own um, ch uh, astrology charts. And I figured, uh, let me do the following, which was really a great experiment. I'm glad I did it. I said to myself, take a person that was that's famous, but that you know nothing about their biographical details. And instantly into my mind came Richard Wagner. I loved his music. I knew nothing about him personally. And what I did was to uh, take his birth date 
and do a composite chart of five leading uh, uh, masters of astrology. And then after I had that chart synthesized and all about him and their readings, I then read five definitive biographies of um, Wagner and then compared what the chartist said was key events in their life, predicted their lives, plus the actual facts. And whether it was naivete or I wanted to see it or who knows, I was amazed that the um, congruity between the two was really um, quite amazing. So I experienced this uh, surge of numinosity and the uncanny. That led me to do charts on anybody that I thought of, uh, relatives and friends and my girlfriend and uh, famous people and so on. And my ph philosophical background said, hey, look, you know, be skeptical. This stuff is probably um, what you're going to read into it. You can see anything you want to. However, each time I made up a chart, it was, it, it was remarkably, um, I got good hits. That then led to discussions with um, Carol and Raymond, as I said, the sculptor and his wife. And they said, you know, we attend a spiritualist church in New York City in the Ansonia Hotel on every Sunday. We think you might be interested to attend. Why don't you go try? spiritualist church. I had long ago given up uh, any organized religion, but what they um, said happened, which was, uh, let's say, a two-hour um, meeting in which the first hour was basically a kind of Protestant uh, church service with uh, singing and uh, lecturing and so on. But the second was really uh, jazzed up because they would invite the medium of the week who would come and be blindfolded, and the uh, group was instructed to write out questions, presumably to the spirit world, and put them into a hat, and then the hat would be uh, delivered to the blindfolded medium, and he or she would pick out a billet uh, with the question on it, and uh, presumably um, read what the billet was without actually seeing it, and would presumably make a connection with um, master teachers or relatives of the uh, person who asked the question who were dead and so forth and give readings. And I remember sitting there half believing, half wanting to believe that this is all really quite uh, grand versus this is nonsense. And if I ever told anybody in my philosophy classes what I was doing, they'd probably take away my uh, degree. In any event, as I listened to these mediums each week, like I guess everything else, there were some reasonably uh, intelligent people and some uh, what seemed to be to be fraudulent. So I didn't throw out the baby with the bath. I sought to uh, talk with the people that I thought were for real. Among them were some really interesting people, probably the most interesting people I have ever met. It certainly rated high. One was a psychiatrist in uh, mid-age who was an asthma expert who, when I became friendly with him, and we would sit in the back of the um, church service and sort of 
laughed, scoff at what was going on. He invited me up to his um, apartment on 69th Street in Manhattan and said, watch this. We go into trance, presumably, and more presumably dictate poetry from Freud and Jung. This was a very serious guy, and I felt like he was for real, and he was really an ardent believer in what was going on. Uh, among another person was Agatha, which was who was an 85-year-old um, uh, woman from Romania, who um, also was a trans medium, and ran um, seances or uh, consciousness raising groups, who invited me over to attend one of her um, uh, seances. And what I experienced there really led into the first meaningful coincidence that I ever uh, had. Now, it's important to note that along with uh, my readings in the esoteric occult, I also fortunately kept an ongoing, what turned out to be 27-year journal. And I implore anybody who's interested in this topic to instantly start a journal for yourselves. And journals are different than diaries. A diary is I had pancakes for breakfast and I uh, uh, went to work and I had a fight with my supervisor and so on. That's not a journal. A journal is entering into uh, a time, specific time, whatever grabs your attention as meaningful, like you could read a, a poem and be uh, uh, encouraged to uh, study the subject matter, or you have an insight, or you have a dream that's fascinating, or just an interesting experience that somehow moves you. So if you're moved, put that into your journal, and, and there's no assignment, there's no time limit. You can add a paragraph a day, or you can add a paragraph a year. Or a sentence doesn't matter and keep it this is terribly important because it provides the context out of which synchronicities or meaningful coincidences are going to arrive so you want to try to objectify the experience you want to try to get as much information from your personal life or the personal context such that you put the two together there was a very important book see if I can uh, stimulate you there was a very important book called Aspects of the novel, in which the first sentence is, the queen died. The second is, the queen died of a broken heart. We're always interested in the context. What's the plot, the subplot, the subtext out of which these um, amazing events occur? Okay, I see I'm very close to a pause. I hope I'm doing this right, finally. Uh, practice makes perfect. Um,
As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7, 365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com.
What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genex provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Gibbs for this last segment. I want to uh, continue to uh, describe what I believe was my first major coincidence, which eventually led to 19 more in my journal. And it is largely out of those um, synchronicities and also the context of the rest of uh, my life's experience, plus as a psychoanalyst, I have had a number of what I would call coincidence-prone patients who have, without me asking, also kept their own journals. And when they discovered that I was interested in synchronicities, they said, would you be interested in reading my journal? So my 50-year research was largely um, came out of my own personal experience of 19 synchronicities, plus about five patients who uh, kindly lent me their journals and I uh, was able to formulate my own original theory, which you might guess is non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical. And in effect, the bottom line is that I think these are messages that you are sending to yourself unknowingly. And that what it is, is from my best reading, answers to difficult problems when you feel stuck and if your attitude is to try to keep seeking answers, it's initiating what I call a psychological scavenger hunt where you're looking for clues. And when you get a clue, which you're going to put into your journal, when you get enough of them, 
it's going to form a pattern and that pattern once you recognize it is going to be in the form of a meaningful coincidences or synchronicity which because it's encoded form has to be decoded and that leads to the fifth perspective which is various ways of interpreting or decoding what I believe are self-referred messages. And the um, out, bottom line, I'll tell you where I'm going to go, is that I believe what, uh, well, my, uh, my theory seemingly robs the magic of being in touch with the so-called spiritual realm of experience. I think it offers you a great compensation by connecting up with your own, what I believe is everybody's own unique creative process yet to be shown, but that's hopefully what we're going to see. And once again, I invite you to send me questions, you know, detailing your own or describing your own favorite synchronicities. And if you will, tell me what you do with them. What are, what are the implications to you? Why are they so important to you? And uh, might you, if you have an open mind, if I can ask you some questions and you do what I want you to do, I'd be most interested to know if my particular approach uh, adds or perhaps subtracts from what you already believe. And my hope ultimately is not to be the definitive answer man on this hugely interesting uh, topic. What I want to do is to offer what I think is a viable alternative, which if I accomplish my job, you're never going to look at a synchronicity in the same way. Uh, let me give you a um, – I may have mentioned this in the first segment. I want to do it again though. I want you to imagine that you've been invited to a one-trick magic show. And this magic show is very uh, special because the magician is offers the audience um, a choice at the end of seeing this remarkable trick. So the audience says, you know, agrees, let's, let's do the trick. He does the trick. And it's guaranteed uh, to dazzle people. And indeed it does. And the choice then that the audience is given is you can have um, two choices with respect to what to do now that the trick has been shown and you've been dazzled. One is that you can continue to come back into the um, next performance and you don't have to pay. And you can be guaranteed that once the trick is repeated, you're going to be equally dazzled. And you can keep doing that for the rest of your life. The other possibility is that if you want to know the answer to the trick, he will take you into another room and show you how the trick is done. Now, both choices obviously have their pros and cons. It's nice to be dazzled. It's nice to feel that you are perpetually in love. It's nice to have the beginning experience of numinosity and so on. It's nice to be high. You know, who wouldn't want that for the rest of their lives? Fine. On the other hand, with people who are interested in magic, they know that if there is a trick, doesn't your curiosity get the best of you? So when you went, into, went to buy magic tricks, for example, as I did with Jan the Magic Man, and he would show me these five magic tricks of the week, and I, I was dazzled. But then the next thing after dazzlement was, would you show me how to do it? And he showed me how to do it, and I'd buy the tricks, and that was great. I liked knowing how things work. On the other hand, it 
sort of took away the magic of it. It was sort of nice to be tricked. You get my point. However, I believe that there is a bonus. Yes, you will lose the razzle-dazzle, the magic connected with the trick. On the other hand, I believe that the compensatory uh, benefit you get is do you get to be able to tune into the workings of what I believe is each person's own idiosyncratic creative process yet to be shown. So once again, I say to you, if you um, go my way, you're not going to necessarily get the, the answer on what's behind meaningful coincidences or what's the trick, if you will, or how are they explained, which Jung says you can't do. But what you will do is get a viable alternative with different organizing concepts, which if you apply them to your own experience, will certainly stretch your mind, and then you choose, you know, whatever makes sense to you. Uh, this, this is all additive. Take nothing away from you. It's like if you add, um, mix together uh, crayons, they all turn black. If you mix light, it all turns white. My aim is not to take anything away. My aim is to help you make mixtures of light so that you will feel enlightened. So I go to my first consciousness raising room, and I'm sitting there. And it's among something like eight people and Agatha, and it's in a room that becomes dark. And she says, just say whatever comes to mind. And I say, darkness. And everybody laughs, and I feel stupid, but that's what I experienced. And she says, no, just stay with it and see what happens. At that moment, when I sort of surrendered to um, not knowing, or I guess I opened my mind, into my mind instantly came an ovular, uh, like a frame that was yellowish. And in the middle of that yellow frame was a what I called a grandmotherly um, uh, face. And Agatha said, who does the face belong to? And I said, uh, sort of jokingly, there was an attractive girl next to me, and I used it as an opportunity to make a connection. And I said, well, it's obviously, uh, this belongs to Diane. It's her grandmother. And Diane instantly said, yes, that is my grandmother. And I said, um, well, or Agatha said, how do you know it's a grandmotherly uh, face? And I said, because she has granny glasses. And that's when Diane said, perked up and said, yes, I have those glasses on my mantelpiece. And I got chills. And that began a series for the rest of the night of meaning, a run of meaningful experiences. That was the first. Obviously, I was charged up. I didn't know what to think. And I, I guess I was bathing in numinosity. The second thing that happened was just before I went uh, home, I had asked somebody a question, which is, do miracles exist? And I got instructions. And the instruction was, if you have a New Testament, ask the question, turn to the page, or turn up to a page and read the first thing that comes to mind. I did. I went home, had a New Testament. I said, do miracles exist? I opened the page of the Bible. And the first thing my eyes saw was the raising of Lazarus obviously a miracle. Well, that was interesting, and I got more of a charge of numinosity. I then used that as a way of, um, as an excuse, I guess, to call Diane and share her, my um, 
amazing experience with her. Get on the telephone, call her up, and no sooner than I said, I got to tell you of an incredible coincidence I just had. And she said, no, let me tell you mine first. I said, okay, go ahead. She was more excited than I was. She said in that that very afternoon, she was walking in the park with her obviously unconventional psychiatrist, Larry. And Larry said to her that in a past life, he had been at the raising of Lazarus. Well, that did it. I was aflame. I was so excited. I didn't know what to do. And that began a 50-year investigation of the nature and use of meaningful coincidences. And I started to read every single thing that I could about coincidences and what they mean and um, how they work and uh, mainly Jung and his followers. And I led to today. And I urge you, if you're interested, pick up a book by Kessler called The Roots of Coincidences, which is a very good primer on um, beginnings of uh, trying to understand the implications of these things. Well, I guess we um, have about reached the end of today's program. That flew by. I hope you will ask questions to Ask Dr. Gibbs and Please stay tuned and uh, let me know if this interests you, and we will go on to other topics as time unfolds. Thank you, and goodbye. If you have any questions or any comments for Dr. Gibbs, send him an email. AskDrGibbs at xzbn.net. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. ba 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 ba